Welcome in episode 38 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy. We are here to break down our week seven DraftKings cash game lineups. We both split this week and we both just split evenly where we cash one lineup, don't cash the other. It just kind of is what it is. We, we really wanted to get Adams in there. Um, we had our main lineup set and then, you know, we're like, oh my God. You can't fade Devontae Adams. Like, Devontae Adams taking on Washington is just, like, unfadeable. He ends up putting up 19.6, so, like, you know, it was fine. But, you know, if you play Cooper Cup, you profit. You know, if you didn't, you're likely just eating dirt. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think we just went Adams over Henry this week just because, uh, I mean, the spot for Adams was just against Washington. Like, I, I fully thought 100 – 100 yards and touchdown was a lock. Honestly, we kind of ran bad, too, because he almost did absolutely nothing in the second half. What, he had like five catches and a touchdown in the first half? Something like that. And he only ended with six for 76 and one. So we ran bad, but yeah. Um, for me, I swapped one lineup with Cup. Or, sorry, split. One lineup with Cup, one without. You can guess which one cashed and which one didn't. And that was pretty much the story of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the way it goes. So let's start at quarterback. So we have four lines to break down here. Um, I went with Matt Stafford uh, in, in one of my lineups. And um, in the other one, I had Lamar Jackson. I think you had Lamar Jackson and you had Matt Ryan. So we have three quarterbacks to talk about. Um, you know, Stafford, <laughs> it's just, just an awesome spot for him uh, as massive favorites against the Lions. Lions are terrible. He was a little bit cheaper than Lamar. Um, I, I love – you just have to love Stafford with – but Sean McVay, um, his passing numbers are just absolutely unbelievable. He gives you, like, nothing on the ground. But with a 30, with they like a 33 implied total, uh, any quarterback with a 33 implied total is going to absolutely smash. So I feel great about the process with, with Stafford. Yeah, in the revenge game, too, um, against Detroit, he, we just you had to know he was going to come out and just pummel them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's worth mentioning in that lineup, you had no Henderson. So it gave you direct leverage off the field with that. Um, yeah, I mean, how do I, a lot of people always say this all the time, like, oh, they have a 33 implied total, they're 15-point favorites or whatever. Uh, they're not going to throw. But how do you think they're going to score that many points? Why do you think they're that, that favored by that much? you got to put on the, put the points on the board somehow, and it's not just going to be Daryl Henderson. So um, Stafford, he was just too cheap this week, and – I think the same could be said for Lamar Jackson. I just thought he was too cheap in a spot against, you know, a Cincinnati defense that I didn't think was that good. You know, Lamar, what did he end up with rushing-wise? Uh, like 88 yards, 89 yards, something like that? Yeah, yep. Um, he was fine. I mean, in the game where they got shellacked, he still up 23 points. You probably want a little bit more from that uh, than that from Lamar, but you're never going to complain about that. Um yeah, 257 yards, 88 on the ground, one passing touchdown. You, you know, median outcome in this spot is probably a little bit higher, but 23 points for your quarterback is never going to be a problem. No. And then lastly, I played Matt Ryan. Um, I just thought he was too cheap. I really liked that game environment. Um, you know, Miami uh, haven't been very good this year. I think they're like seventh worst against opposing quarterbacks, something like that. Um, everyone loved Ridley. If you love Ridley, then you must like Matt Ryan. And just historically, Matt Ryan, 
gives you access to the bonus pretty much every single week. Just how much that offense throws. And I, I, I saw a shootout there, and I thought he was too cheap. Um, and the lineup I have with Ryan it allowed me to fit Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams in, which I thought was really, really solid going in. Um, so that was kind of my my, uh, my thought process there. Yeah, I, I think the three quarterbacks for me that were in play were Stafford, Lamar, and Matt Ryan. Uh, Jalen Hurts was also in play, and he was actually the highest-owned quarterback on the slate. Uh, I just preferred Matt Stafford just because of it's just he's just a better real-life quarterback, which you know maybe is dumb because this is fantasy football, and you know Hurts runs a lot. But I thought the the floor on Hurts, which you know it's kind of counterintuitive with. Hurts because he, I think, believe he's the only player in fantasy that had more than 20 fantasy points in every single game this year. So, you know, in fantasy, his floor is high, but in real life, I mean, the guy sucks. So, I I mean, he's scoring like all of his points in the fourth quarter when they're getting dunked on. Um, so, it, it's a weird thing with Hurts where, like, you don't really want to trust him because he's not good, but he's good for fantasy. It's kind of kind of a weird quagmire we have with, with Jalen Hurts. But I think yeah. he'll be in play next week because he gets he plays Detroit. So yeah, and he's too cheap once again. Um, he's just really, really solid for fantasy. It's just the rushing floor he gets, and he sucks so much that they get so much garbage time every damn week that he ends up getting there. Um, hard to trust for sure, but for right now, he seems pretty solid. And it's worth mentioning that Matt Ryan ended up getting twenty two point four points, which is really, really solid at five at a five seven price tag. Um, he hit the bonus, 336 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. He did fumble. And he had a pick, but all in all, he got there. And it, and last thing I'll mention at quarterback is that uh, prior to Devontae Parker being ruled out, I actually preferred Tua at 5-5. But once Parker was out, I just didn't want to risk it. You know, it's just no weapons there outside of Waddle and Gasicki. They can't run the ball very good. Um, so I just went the safer route with with Matt Ryan. Um, they both ended up getting, I think two put up like 28 points, but it was just a risk. I didn't really feel comfortable taking, uh, especially when I was already completely fading Derrick Henry. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so let's, let's get into the Derrick Henry fade. I mean, it never feels good to fade him, but he was up at 9,200. He still doesn't have a massive pass catching role. And I, I thought that there was a, a chance with Darrington Evans playing that, you know, Henry, wouldn't really get too much run here with, you know, them being down. They were five-point dogs heading into this game. They end up just totally blowing out uh, the Chiefs because the Chiefs keep shooting themselves in the foot on offense. But Derrick Henry really didn't even get there. What do you score, like 16 points um, at 9,200? That's, you know, that's that's not what you want. Um, and so basically we decided that, you know, I'm going to play Cooper Cup and fade Derrick Henry because it was kind of hard to get lineups with – one of these top end receivers, you know, whether you play Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, or Cooper Cup, one of those three, it was hard to get a lineup with with Derrick Henry and with with one of those guys. So you kind of made have to make a decision whether okay, I'm going to go to war with Cooper Cup over Derrick Henry, or I'm going to go to war with Devontae Adams over Derrick Henry. Ended up working out. Both of them outscored Derrick Henry, um, and we'll, we'll get into the wide receivers here in a minute. So the running backs that we did play. Um, in my main lineup at the start of the Sunday slate uh, with Matt Stafford, I also had uh, Daryl Henderson there. He was he was the best running back playing the slate. When we got near the four o'clock games, I was about 30 points below line to cash. And I, I needed something because I knew Daryl Henderson would be 
you know, 65, you end up being over 70% owned in double ups. And when that happens and you're down, you know, way behind the line of cash, I needed to pivot somewhere. And so I pivoted to Leonard Fournette, um, you know, hoping because I already had Stafford and Cup that all the touchdowns just go to Cup and Henderson doesn't do much. That's exactly what happened. Henderson didn't do much at all, scored nine points. You know, Stafford and Cup combined for over 70 points and Leonard Fournette gets in the box and scores 17. So, uh, and he almost doubles up Henderson. So it went exactly the way I needed it to go uh, with that pivot. So I, I feel really good about pivoting to Lenny there. Yeah, I think I played Henderson in both lineups. Uh, frankly, he was just too cheap for the workload. Three down plus goal line back in a game where they were like 15, 16 point favorites and he was only 6'6". Six, six, and they were home. Um you know, he didn't end up getting there. He had three receptions, which is fine. Only 45 rushing yards on, I think, 15 carries. Yeah, 15 carries, yep. So 18 touches. You probably expect a little bit more in a game where they're expected to blow out the Lions. They didn't They didn't really blow them out. I think they beat them by nine. Or, yeah, yeah they beat them by, by nine. So we'll be back on Henderson next week. Um, he's too cheap again, and it's another game where they're just massive favorites against Houston. So – um, I still feel fine about the process with Henderson. He was my favorite running back going into the week. I thought he was a total lock. Um, I just, there's no way I was pivoting off of that. So uh, process-wise, I'm still happy with that play. Oh, absolutely. Henderson was the best running back play on the slate. Um, you know, he played 88% of the snaps that, that led all running backs. He, he's a stud. He's in a stud offense playing – you know, 90, almost 90% of the snaps. That, that's a play you play every time, especially against Detroit. And you're right. Yeah, we'll be right, right back on him next week. He's near the same price taken on Houston. So we're, we're right back in the same boat. Hopefully people that played him, you know, 70% of people that played him, maybe 10 or 15% of those people are, are you know, scared off him next week. That would be awesome because he should be, again, 100% owned at like 6.5K taken on Houston. That's just, that's a lot. All right, so getting these other running back plays, uh, Daryl Williams, he was at home, you know, with a 31 implied total with the Chiefs, five-point favorites against a, a below-average run defense in the Titans, 5,800, playing 70% of the snaps. I thought he was a great play. Uh, you know, the Chiefs just got absolutely wiped off the board. He, they only had five running back carries. He had all five of them. Uh, they just got completely smashed. He put up eight points. It was a floor game. But, I mean – I feel so good about the Daryl Williams play. I, I really would do it all over again. I thought he was an awesome play. I agree with you. I mean, 5.8K. Last week he saw like 20-plus touches. Uh, the highest total in the week, 57.5 total. The Chiefs were, you know, favored, I think, 4.5, 5.5. Um, they don't really use Jarek McKinnon. We thought they would be ahead in this game, or at least it would be competitive, but my God, Mahomes looked terrible. The Chiefs have been uh, – it's, it's just hard to believe how bad that they've been, honest to God. Um, and the bunch with – it was like Daryl, Chuba, Lenny. I definitely liked Lenny the best. Between Daryl and Chuba, it was kind of just like coin flip. But, you know, Daryl is what fit my lineups best. I really couldn't fit the uh, Adams and Cup build or the Adams with uh, the other lineup I had. Um, was Lamar, Adams, Ridley. I couldn't fit that if I went Lenny without sacrificing somewhere else where I didn't feel comfortable. Um, yeah, like, 
process wise, he was out there for I don't know how many snaps. He's out, he got all the carries. He still had what? He had three receptions, which is fine. It's just a game they scored three points in. And if you have if you're if you're owning a running back and their offense scores three points, you're, mm. you're not going to get anything. So yeah. uh, process-wise, again, you just didn't get there, but the process was totally fine. Maybe the Chiefs can get their head out of their ass next week. Yeah. Moving over to wide receiver, um, yeah, we talked about at the top with Cooper Cup. I mean, he's just like, you just got to keep playing him every week. He had another 30% of the targets. What do you have, another 13 targets here? Um, you know, you, you just have to keep playing him. You just have to keep playing them. Take it on Detroit. You know, Detroit's terrible. They allow like 11 yards per target to opposing wide receivers. Just, just absolutely terrible. Um, you know, double digit targets every week, 8,400. I preferred Cooper Cup to Devontae Adams um, and Tyreek Hill just for the, the savings. But I thought, you know, raw points, I thought they're really close between Adams and Cup. So that's why. I wanted to split and go one lineup with Cup and one with Adams. And, of course, Cooper Cup outscores Adams by 20. So uh, he, he just straight up doubles them up. So, yeah, you play Cup, you profit. If you don't, you, know, you get your teeth kicked in. That's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, I thought both Adams and Cup were so strong. And I really – that's why I ended up playing both of them because I couldn't figure out which one to freaking play. I had only Adams in the other lineup because I thought Adams was just – that spot was just unbelievable. But, like, cop another 13 targets, three red zone targets, two more tutties. Like, if people aren't playing Cup at this point, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he is – this is not fluky. Uh, nothing about this is fluky. It's pure volume, pure connection with Stafford. They're the best offense in football. They're probably going to have a, a 28 or higher implied total every single week, regardless of their opponent. Um, you just have to play him. He's 9K next week, and we'll be on him again. Whether or not we'll play him, I don't know, but he's definitely being considered. I mean, he scored, what, 37 or more points like three times this year? I mean, yeah. let's see. He scored 40, 37, 30.6, and 39.8. Like, like, God almighty, like, fading him is terrifying. It, it, he's on the same board, uh, the same level with Derrick Henry at this point where fading him – could just kill you. It's been two weeks in a row now where if you played Cooper Cup, you won. And if you didn't, you there's no way you made money. Um, so moving forward, he's just – he is the wide receiver one now. I think it's just been established. Yep. You just play Cooper Cup every week and uh, you figure it out from there. It, it's like um, a couple of years ago when we had David Johnson and, and Le'Veon Bell where they were getting like 30 touches every week and they were, you know – I mean, they were getting up into like the 10 Ks and you just keep playing them. You just, you just jam them in and then you move on from there. Um, you figure it out the rest of the way. Cooper cup is a lock until further notice. All right. A uh, couple of these other guys, Chris Godwin. Uh, he was the highest owned wide receiver on the slate at 54% owned in, um, in most big double ups. He put up 28.1. I, I saw he got there right at the end. He got over the bonus. Um, he had like a 15 yard catch from Blaine Gabbert when they were blowing out, uh, the bears here, uh, you know, got one 5,900. I thought he was a decent play when Antonio Brown was in and then Antonio Brown was out and Gronk was out. It's just this bucks offense throws so much. I think they rank like first in pass rate over expectation. So, um, in, in every game script, they're just throwing the shit out of the ball way 
at a way higher rate than any other team in the league. And now you're telling me it's going to be a condensed target share with basically just him and Mike Evans. I mean, that's 5,900 is way too cheap. And Godwin totally smashed. He was the highest on wide receiver on the slate. He's probably the best receiver play on the slate, you know, point per dollar um, heading in. Yeah, no AB with Godwin at 5.9K. It's hard to get away from that. 11 targets, he had 28% target share. You know, he hit the bonus, 10.4 A dot. Like, uh, everything was good here. <laughs> Evans gets in the box three times as well. Like, man, what a drubbing. <laughs> the Bears are just so freaking anemic. It's so unbelievable. Justin Fields couldn't be much worse. Matt Nagy is literally the worst coach I've ever seen outside of Adam Gase. Um, yeah, 5.9K, it was just damn near impossible to get off of that. Like, he was the highest zone on the slate. What was he? Fifty nine percent, I think, and for good reason. So, yeah. had we we both had him in both lineups. So feel really really strong about that. But he's too cheap for the talent and the, and the volume. Yep, and then Calvin Ridley taking on Miami. You know, I felt great about Calvin Ridley's role and his um, you know the matchup here taking on Miami. You know, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard were active in this game. To me, it's just you know wide receiver quarterback matchups. Does it really matter? Probably not. Um, I thought this game was, you know, really fast-paced, back and forth. He ended up getting to the box here. He had 10 targets. Um, yeah, didn't really do much with it at all. Only had, like, what, 26 yards. So, um, you know, not his best day, but, I mean, he still had 68 air yards. So, I mean, I mean, wasn't great. He had three red zone targets. So, could have gotten to the box another time. But it is what it is. I, I was fine with the Ridley play. I thought he was a little too cheap. Uh, double-digit targets was pretty likely in this spot. And if you're telling me you're going to get double-digit targets at 6,600, that's that's an awesome play. This has kind of been the story of Calvin Ridley's season. He's getting a lot of volume every week. But for whatever reason, the connection with Matt Ryan is just not as strong as it was the last couple of years. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but. 10 targets, he still had 25.6% of the targets. He had an end zone target, three red zone targets. You know, I say that was down to 6.8, which isn't great. But, right. um, you know, at 6.6K, I think it was the cheapest we've seen him all year, I want to say. Um, yeah. And, you know, on the season, he's got a 26.5% target share, um, a 10 A dot. Wish we would have got a little bit higher of an A dot yesterday, but. It, Oh, no, I'm not sure that it would have mattered because the connection with, with Matt Ryan just wasn't there. But in this spot, like I said before, I love this spot. Miami's defense, you know, there's not very good. There's not a very good team in general. We know how bad the Falcons' defense were. I thought this was not even a sneaky shootout. I thought it was just a lock to shoot out. So, um, you know, he he loved, we he got in the box for us, bailed us out a little bit. Um, Process-wise, again, though, I, I, don't, I don't feel bad about this. No, and I don't either. Rashad Bateman, 3,400, scored 11 points. You know, I, I thought that Rashad Bateman with no Sammy Watkins, this is a great play. We know he's going to play. You know, so last week in his debut, he played 65% of snaps. I expected that to climb a little bit here. He ended up playing 63% of the snaps. Um, he has six targets, only a 14.6% target share. So, you know, not great, but this guy's a total – I mean, he, he's an awesome talent coming out of Minnesota. And, he ranked really high in my model and all that, and uh, he ended up catching three balls for 80 yards. So, um, I mean, 
it's not bad. It, it, you know, it's just, you know, attaching these, these cheap wide receivers where we know they're good talents to an elite offense with, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is kind of uh, sputtered here. Didn't really get anything going. The wheels is kind of spinning against um, the Bengals, but you know, Rashad Bateman, 3,400 against the Bengals. No Sammy Watkins. I, I would play him all over again. Question for you. Did you see how many air yards Hollywood Brown had in this game? I saw he had like over 300 air yards. I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> he had 321 air yards on 14 <laughs> targets. Yeah. You know, he had 55% of the team's air yards. He had a 22.9 A dot. In a game where that happens, like you can't really expect that much more from Bateman because the opportunity wasn't there. Three for 80, though, still at 3,400 was just really, really solid. Um, this was another game where I liked the over. Um, the Bengals did their job. The Ravens, like you said, they just sputtered and couldn't get much going, uh, even in, you know, towards the end of the game where they were just getting trounced. But even a 3.4K gave us 11 points. That's more than we would have really expected from him anyway, I think. Still had six targets. Not bad. Uh, you get six targets, a 3.4 tar- uh, price tag, then that's pretty solid. Yep. Uh, any other wide receivers that you played that we didn't talk about? Ridley, Godwin, Bateman, Adams, Cup? Uh, no, those are the only five okay. I played. All right, and then at tight end, Cole Komet, yeah, he was 3K in a game where we knew that the Bears would be losing, they'd have to throw. Every team that plays against the Bucks throws way more than they typically do. And he ended up scoring 9.3. So, I mean, he's good enough. The Bears got absolutely pummeled. We kind of expected that, but at 9.3, Scoring 9.3 points at 3K is, you know, over 3X value. We'll absolutely take that. I think the only other – there were two other uh, tight ends that were in play. Foster Moreau down at 2,500 with Darren Waller being out. Uh, he was a solid play. Um, and then Ricky Seals-Jones at 3,700. I thought that there were really no other tight ends that were in play for me in cash. Yeah, I, in a vacuum, I like Moreau better. But by the time we had the news, most of our lineup was already, you know – out there playing and uh, fiddled around a little bit, but it just didn't help me really moving down to Foster Moreau. It just left me with a salary that I, you know, I didn't know what to do with. Um, so I ended up just staying on commit, you know, it's a great game environment. You know, he was out there for 89% of snaps, six targets, 19% target share. Um, not sure how many routes per drop back he ran, but you know, you get a 3.1 tight end playing 89% of the snaps against, you know, one of the top three offenses in the league. Uh, it's pretty solid. He got us 9.3, which is pretty solid in my opinion. Like, that's what you want from a punt tight end. Um, shit, if he got me six points, I would have been happy at that price tag. But, um, yeah, he wasn't a great play, but he was fine. You know, tight end was pretty ugly this week. My bill just didn't allow me to get up to Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, so it was really just him and Moreau. And by the time Moreau, we got the news on Waller, it was just kind of, it's kind of too late. Yep. And then a defense, uh, split here between, I, I played the Cardinals in one and the Eagles in the other. Um, I prefer much prefer the Cardinals. They were the highest in defense on the slate, 18 point favorites taking on, uh, Houston. That's an awesome spot. when to be in 3,100. Typically I don't like to pay more than like 2,500 for my defenses, but, I mean, this was like the the best spot on the slate. Um, so I was cool with the Cardinals and then the Eagles. They were the cheapest viable defense, in my opinion, at 2,300. Taking on the Vegas Raiders and you know, they scored one point. 
it kind of is what it is a defense. I, I think that probably should have just tried to get up to the Cardinals like I did in my my other lineup, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I went Eagles in both my lineups. Um, I agree. I thought they were the cheapest viable defense. Um, I mean, defense, I don't really like to pay up. I don't know why the Cardinals were only 3.1K. They were the highest price on FanDuel. They were 5K on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea what happened with the pricing here that left them at 3,100, but they were definitely very strong. Probably the strongest defensive play we've seen this year. Um, I mean, it was pretty much a given that they were going to score at least 10 points. I mean, Houston's just so pathetic. Davis Mills sucks. They have no weapons outside of Brandon Cooks. Um, so, yeah, in hindsight, probably should have tried to get up them a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, never give that much thought in the defense. Just try to, you know, get as much savings at that position as possible. So that's really all in all why I just went Eagles from both defenses – or both uh, lineups, that is. Yeah, for reference – uh, next week, so the Cardinals were just at home taking on Houston, and they were 3,100. Next week, the Rams are on the road taking on Houston, and they're 5K on DraftKings. So, okay, $1,900 more expensive. Um, so, yeah. So the Cardinals were an awesome play at 3,100. They really should have been like 4,500 or, or more. That was just a total misprice uh, with the Cardinals. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, it is what it is. We split, you know, one lineup easily got there. The other one didn't get there. If you play cup, you smash. If you didn't, and you probably got smashed. So, um, I, I guess the, the moral of the story moving forward is play Cooper Cup until he burns you. It's just, just keep playing him until he burns you. Uh, it's unlikely that he actually does burn you. It's more likely he's going to burn your opponents if you do play him. So, my recommendation moving forward, go to war with Cooper Cup as much as you possibly can. You want him at your side. Him and Matt Stafford have a total connection. Cooper Cup's a boss. He's number one wide receiver in fantasy, and it's it's not fluky. It's not, you know, just these long, you know, yards after catch things. It's not like a, a busted play. He is involved in the red zone. He is involved at every level of the defense. His eight out is not just short. He's getting deep shots. He's getting, you know, lining up on the backfield. He's getting dump offs. He's getting everything. So, um, yeah. You got just just play Cooper Cup, just play Cooper Cup. Yeah, and if he burns you, go right back to this guy because the volume is unmatched right now outside of Adams. And if he burns you, he's probably going to be cheaper the next week. So that's the perfect time to get on him. Like you said, he is a mortal lock until <laughs> until we see otherwise. Yep. Um, you can't play Robert Woods. He's <laughs> he's just an afterthought at this point. It's just Cup. You just play Cooper Cup every single week. He's nine K next week. Just play him. Like you just have to. He he's literally the Derrick Henry of wide receiver at this point. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for episode thirty-eight of the Print Fest DFS podcast. We're going to be back on Friday breaking down week eight. Can't believe we're already through two months of the season, but we'll be back on Friday breaking down week eight. Probably talking about Cooper Cup. Well, guaranteed to talk about Cooper Cup. All right. Until then, good luck, everybody. <laughs>